princess was a sight lovely to see. And that good people is why he got dolled up and dropped by. Uh, I'm sixty elephants, no one's boring. Welcome to this week's episode of Real Appeal. I am your host, Kelsey Loisel. I am a writer and editor for ScreenGeek.net. And here with me today is my co-host. Uh, Mark Salcedo, managing editor and writer for ScreenGeek.net. In case you don't know what our show is about, uh, we cover some news. We do some segments on other things that are film related try to you know have a little fun um and then we argue back and forth about who likes what about what films namely something new that's come out and maybe something uh, related to it that some people might have nostalgia about but i don't know almost anything about film yeah you come from a background of people who didn't grow up loving film you grew up in that that nostalgia less yeah i don't think that's work nostalgia less anyway well, I have no soul, probably for that reason. Yeah, so. that's why they call you the Ice Queen. Yeah. <laughs> Frozen was based off of you. Yeah. yeah Cola doesn't bother you. You want to build anyway. a snowman? What was that? You want to build a snowman? <sighs> I've never built a snowman. Oh, I feel so sorry for you. I live in California. We don't have snow. Yeah, you do. In the mountains. I'm not. You know what happened to black people in the mountains? No, I'm not black. I wouldn't know. Exa- yeah, you wouldn't know. You're not black. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, to go into a little bit more what, you know, what a show's about, you know, like say, Kelsey doesn't have a nostalgia love for, um, a lot of like classic films that we're going to break down while I have at a large useless Rolodex of film knowledge and stuff like that and film love. Uh, so we take like two different, uh, perspectives. One is from the, um, nostalgia lens and kind of like a little bit more information another one is someone who has not a whole lot of history with film and she takes a look without the nostalgia lens and gives it a a more better critical eye at it Mm -hmm. which is that kind of stuff Um, so yeah um that being said we have uh something to talk about in the news where nostalgia is heavily uh regarded yeah it's all over the place Mm mm-hmm so you want to talk about that? Uh, yeah. Let me go ahead and bring up my notes because my computer took a fucking dump on me. <laughs> uh, so, oh, yes. Yes. Akira. Akira, the classic 1988 anime. It's being, it's actually has a premiere date, which is set in on uh, January. Sorry, not January. I'm getting my dates mixed up. Um, it's set for summer 2021. Uh, Takara Titi, who is behind uh, Thor Ragnarok, and uh, we are, let me see, we are the shadows. Oh no, what we do in the shadows. There we go. And then, like, we are the wildered people. Um, is directing it. Uh, this is actually kind of considered like an unfilmable movie. Um, it's the film is heavily influ- has heavily influenced sci-fi genre films for like decades. And we're finally getting a live action version of it. So you showed this to me. It, it came up in this one, um, this one film group that we sometimes will get yeah, like a frequent, ticket to yeah. watch something in you know at midnight. Yeah. Um, at these really old like 
vintage. Uh, These are like classic theaters that yeah. aren't like megaplexes or anything like that. They have like one or maybe two screens. Exactly. Yeah. So this came up and we went to go watch it. And one horrible idea to watch it when you're falling asleep because <laughs> it's like midnight. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was all in it, but you, you were like. <laughs> I didn't find it boring. I was just tired. Oh, yeah. Um. So for me, a lot of it was watchable, but then it started to get to this weird part. Mm. Uh, and it's super hard to understand. And I'm really curious to see how he does that. Yeah. You're, you're, you are not the only one. You're not the first, you're not the only one who's ever said, I don't get that ending. I don't know what the fuck's happening. And the funny thing about that is I've grown up watching that movie. I remember watching it was maybe eight, nine years old or something like that. It was on sci-fi channel and it was my, my brother and I used to talk about it, but we never got the ending. And it was that midnight screening that I finally got the ending. It took only like, you know, 20, 30 years or something like that. But I finally got the ending. Mm. Finally. So it's, it's, it's interesting. It's actually another interesting point about that movie. Because at the end of the movie, it's a conclusion. But in the, because it's based off of manga, um, the manga doesn't even end there. Mm-hmm. It go, that's like the end of like volume one out of like a six volume book. Oh, wow. And it just keeps going. It gets more and more intense and all this kind of shit. So do you think he's just going to stay close to the film? Or do you think he's going to try to incorporate some of the other? It'd probably be too hard to do all that. If if he would try to incorporate what's in the manga, this is not going to be part. This is not be the only one. He's got to make like three or four movies out of it. Oh, okay. Because it gets really crazy. It starts talking about like gang wars between like these biker gangs and that like... At the, I mean, it's an old fucking movie. So if you guys haven't seen it, whatever. At the end of the movie, Tetsuo, um, the guy that Kaneda, the main hero, is trying to save, he goes away to like another reality or something like that and whatever. Because they were trying to bring back Akira, who was considered like this messiah. At the, at the end of that part in the manga, Akira comes back. So it's Akira and Tetsuo just trying to create like this new world order. And Canada mm. and his people are trying to defeat him. Right. So it was like this weird battle against like technology versus like uh, psychic powers and stuff like that. Hmm. So. Um, so then speaking of nostalgia then for mm-hmm. something like that, there's something that's been coming out that people have been wildly on different ends of the spectrum about, which is Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, I've heard. I, I'm surprised there are two people who... Like, there are two groups of people, one who, people who like it and people who don't like it, which I'm surprised that existed. <laughs> right. So, uh, when's that one coming out? Yeah. Okay. So, Sonic the Hedgehog, Sonic the Hedgehog for, you who don't, for you who don't know, Sonic the Hedgehog was supposed to come out in November. Um, the trailer came out. A lot of people did not like that character design. It looked horrifying. Mm. Yeah. I mean, we, we talked about it, what, the first episode, I think, we talked about it? Yeah, exactly. And... The people behind the production, they heard the masses and they're like, okay, we'll, we'll push it back. So they're going to push it back to 20, Valentine's Day. Of yeah, around Valentine's Day. Yeah. They're going to push it back to 2020 because they have to redesign Sonic all over again. Uh, I'm just going to, I'm sure I said this already, but I just don't know why they made, there. there's no point to that film anyway. I, 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 I just don't, it, if you think about Sonic, you think about, um, 
you know the game and how mm-hmm. i mean i like the show too but even in the show it was really like the, you know the cartoon you mean yeah which which cartoon did you watch there was two of them that were on at the same time were there yeah there was one that was like super really wild and crazy and stuff like that like like you know chili dogs and all that kind of stuff and it was voiced by um jamila white the guy who played urkel mm-hmm. and then there's the dark apocalyptic like evil like serious sonic the hedgehog where like dr robotnik looked evil mm, i think the one that i watched whichever dr robotnik it was looked mm. really similar to the video game oh you pro- then you watched like the kooky the kooky silly one right i'm really i'm intrigued by that evil one though i didn't know there was, was another good. one it was really good and like the, the music was pretty fucking badass so actually then that makes me think maybe they're not going off the video game maybe they're going off the apocalyptic one no i think they're going off of alvin the fucking chipmunks <laughs> i think that's what they're going off on because <laughs> that because if it was that dark apocalyptic one oh i would have been all that i'm like yeah that's the sonic i want to watch no this is you know they put sonic in a gym bag that smelled like axe spray and old ham or <laughs> fuck man <laughs> anyway yeah that movie got pushed back to uh 20 uh 2020 yeah so, uh, huzzah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Stan Lee, his uh, former business manager, was arrested on elder abuse charges. Yeah, I remember hearing that there were stories coming out that like he he was being abused. Like there was elder abuse uh, concerns about his uh, when he was still alive. Yeah. Um, so his name is I think Kia Morgan. Mm -hmm. Um, he was arrested in Arizona on Saturday, um, in the morning and, um, he was extradited to LA, to Los Angeles. Um, he, the charges are false imprisonment, uh, of an elder adult, three counts of grand theft, um, from a dependent or elder, um, special aggravated white collar crime where he stole more than $100,000 and um, dependent or elder abuse. Yeah, that's some, that is some heartless fucking shit. Like, how can anybody, do, I mean, Stanley's considered like, well, in, pub, in the public eye, he was considered one of the nicest guys in the world. You know, behind the scenes, he was, not behind the scenes, but like when he was running his marble business, he was, he was, he was cutthroat. Like, he didn't fuck with Stan Lee. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's cutthroat, it's business. Right. You know, but still, like, how can you still be, how can anybody still be that much of a dick to be like, oh, I'm going to take advantage of this sweet, nice man? Well, exactly. Um, You know, people get close to people like that and they're like, oh, let me see how I can get money from him. Yeah, exactly. I don't value your worth as a creator or human being in any way. So let me just see how much money I can get from you. Or, you know, I'm more powerful than you because you're powerful. So. Do you think maybe it's like a power trip? It was. I'm, I'm sure it totally was a power trip. Mm. He, uh, so what he ended up stealing was um, they made money from autograph signings. Yeah. Uh, about $262,000 worth. Shit. And Stan Lee did not see any of it. Oh, really? So um, there's that. And then the false imprisonment charge came from... When Morgan, um, when Morgan uh, took Lee from his home in Hollywood Hills and brought him to a secure condo in Beverly Hills in June 2018. 
Jesus. Um, and totally then, nice guy. Totally yeah, nice guy. and then the, this guy decided that he wanted to make Stan Lee feel like he was in danger, so he had to do like try to manipulate him. So yeah. he ended up calling nine one one a few times to try to sell sell it to him, like, "Hey, you're in danger. You have to do these things." Oh, so he was doing some serious like manipulation shit. Yeah. Wow. Um. So yeah, Bill's been set for three hundred thousand dollars. And, uh, oh, he hasn't been extradited yet, but he's he's going to be extradited. Extradited to Los Angeles? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's going to happen. That's, yeah, his fa- Stanley's uh, remaining family is going to sue the living shit out of him. Well, sure I, like, show. I think about this, and, like, I know there are huge, like, Selena fans out there. Mm-hmm. And it makes me think of that. Like, at least Stanley didn't, wasn't killed by this, but. You know, this type of thing happens. It doesn't matter if you're young or you're old or whatever. Someone's going to try to take advantage of you if you're in the spotlight. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the nature of, of um, that's actually kind of the nature of Hollywood, which is pretty fucked up. You know, they see uh, somebody will see you and they see dollar signs. And yeah. That's it. So hopefully he sees some justice. I think he will. Uh, a little bit of justice for indiana jones hopefully because that last movie was garbage you know what i'm talking about crystal skull fans you guys suck uh harrison ford has come out and said that uh the role that he's mostly known for will die with him uh he came out on uh today's show to promote the secret life of pets 2 and someone the host had asked them um, who would you like to see play Indiana Jones and maybe who can carry the torch or the possibility of a reboot, which we know that's going to happen eventually. Uh, Harrison Ford said, nobody's going to play Indiana Jones. Don't you get it? I'm Indiana Jones. When I'm gone, he's gone. Um, Harrison Ford isn't known to like really joke around with shit like this. Uh, but it's, it, you, it's hard to see anybody else play Indiana Jones. Um, there were rumors going around that they wanted to do a franchise reboot as with Chris Pratt to carry to play the role of Indiana Jones. That didn't happen. Crystal Skulls came out, and supposedly they were going to pass the torch to Shia LaBeouf. Oh, yeah. Um, I I don't know. I do kind of like the whole Chris Pratt taking you know if they reboot it, not like carry the torch like they do with James Bond, mm-hmm. but you know restart it like make it more modern or whatever yeah even um uh i could i could kind of picture i can picture chris pratt because he has that charismatic personality and that kind of charm to carry that character Mm -hmm. but they kind of gave him that character somewhat in the jurassic world movies so he's kind of indiana jones um so if like if he did that it'd be like he's either doing that role again or he's doing like star lord but like you know Less sarcastic. Less sarcastic and more like in tombs and shit. Yeah. Or less aren't in space. Um, which uh, leads us into our question. If uh, you want to. Yeah. Music goes. Um, well, there. First of all. Should there be a replacement for iconic roles such mm. as Indiana Jones or any other ones like Robin Williams as the genie? Or Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, or you know Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Um, 
Yeah, because a lot of, I mean, these actors, they go on to do other roles, but there's been a lot of a lot of cases, a lot of situations where there's an actor that plays a role so well or plays a role for so long, it's hard to picture anybody else doing that, playing that character ever again. You know, uh, as of recently, you know, Robin Williams, if you guys haven't seen Endgame, what's wrong with you? You know, uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s character, Tony Stark, dies. And people are just like, that's it. Like, nobody can ever play Tony Stark. I think they can. I mean, I, I, I can envision other people to play Tony Stark. I wish they, the guy who played Howard Stark in the Avengers movie, no, sorry, Captain America, the Avenger, mm-hmm. he'd have been a great Tony Stark if they didn't put him as a young Howard Stark. They could have done something, you know, he would have, he would have done that role just great. But that's like a missed opportunity. Um, and then, of course, there was all this... Uh, like, <coughs> excuse me, this fan hate uh, for Will Smith to play Genie because Robin Williams essentially is Genie yeah. in the Atlanta movies. I mean, and we'll get we'll get into how he did on that um, since we're yes, yeah, since we'll be reviewing that movie. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think, Kelsey? As do you think? I mean, as a person who kind of takes a step back from this nostalgia love for these characters you've seen some of these characters like you've seen Ian Jones you've seen Tony Stark you've seen Hugh Jackman's Wolverine and you know Robin Williams Genie even Tom Cruise's Ethan Hunt mm. um, do you think that the fandom around this is kind of too much or do you think people or do you think like these roles should die with these with these actors I think it really depends on the franchise mm. okay um, let's see for like Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones mm-hmm. that could be rebooted yeah. I honestly don't think it's that special because if you're talking about um if you're talking about Chris Pratt being, you know, Star-Lord or, you know, in the Jurassic films, you know, and being similar to Indiana Jones, well, Harrison Ford was essentially Indiana Jones in Star Wars. Yeah, that's a, that that is so, the running gag. The running here's 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 a bit of like running gag or theory on Harrison Ford, Indiana Jones and um Han Solo. In uh, the end of Empire Strikes Back, when Han Solo gets frozen in carbonite and is later carried on in Return of the Jedi, mm-hmm. people like to say that the events of Indiana Jones is really Han Solo in a dream. And that's what he dreamt about. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a running game. It's funny. It's hilarious. It's possible, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and, and there was a lot of people arguing about, um, I forgot the actor's name, but the guy who played Han Solo in the Solo movie. Mm-hmm. playing Han Solo. And he was fine, I guess. I didn't really care too I much. I never got to see that one. Um, and I wanted to because of Donald Glover. But mm-hmm. um, it really just depends. I really don't think he was that special. I mean, he he's great as Indiana Jones. Yeah. But all other people could also be great as Indiana Jones. Yeah, it's it's like if they just if they just give him a fucking chance. But it depends too because here's the thing. You do something one time and it's great. And mm. like more often than not, than not, when they reboot something, it turns out like crap. And it's not because of the actor they chose. It's because of how they chose to write it or direct it. Yeah, And so they, they either it. change way too much or they try to capture, like recapture what was already there instead mm. of making it something, you know, like giving it its own heart. Yeah, like if they... If they ever redo Indiana Jones, uh, or sorry, reboot Indiana Jones, I don't think they should do um, 
Raiders of the Lost Ark, the remake. They should just do Indiana Jones in a completely different story. Uh, the, the the story's great. Just give them a different uh, different journey. Like, um, for example, uh, what's it called? The Mad Max movies. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people wanted Mel Gibson to come back to be Mad Max Fury Road. And that ended up not happening. They got Tom Hardy, who did a great job as uh, Max, Max Mikowski, I think is his last name. Mm-hmm. Um, but that movie wasn't a Mad Max movie. It was a Furiosa movie. And... The way how they got the way how George Miller, the director, got around to explaining why we have a different looking Max in Fury Road is his his take was, well, it's not it it could be Mad Max, then it couldn't. It's just one of his stories. Right. You get a different uh, story from somebody, and of course they want to describe the person, but they always there's always something different. So I think it would be great if they did like another Indiana Jones, but it's just like a different story for Indiana right. Jones. I think, you know, the same thing with Wolverine. Like, everyone loved Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Yeah. And when when they, when they ended with... Um, Logan. Logan. Yeah. I, I honestly was of the camp, like, don't... That's it. That's done. Don't do it again. Like, no more Wolverine. No again. more Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Um, because no one could ever follow it. But now that some time has passed, and that's another factor, I think you, you let some time yeah, pass. let time go by, yeah. And then you can try to build on something, you know, from the beginning again. Yeah. Um, you, you know how Hollywood is where they like to recycle things, but, you know, just do it right, I think. And then, you know, I have to throw out there, Tom Cruise is Ethan Hunt. Yeah. Uh, what were you going to say about that? He's just not. <laughs> he's the same fucking character in every goddamn thing that he's in. Tom Cruise, man. No, he's not. He did that one movie with um, Cameron Diaz. Oh, that spy movie? Yeah, and he, he was essentially Ethan Hunt. Oh, yeah. I can see that. I you never know, saw that like, movie, but I can definitely see that. Uh, yeah, Tom Cruise, um, for those who don't know, and Tom Cruise, I'm going to say Tom Cruise, Mission Impossible, like that's his all. <laughs> <laughs> it might as it, well be. Yeah. In um, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, they brought in uh, Jeremy Renner. They the reason why they brought in Jeremy Renner was because they were going to ease him in to like not not the Ethan Hunt role, but like give him the lead in these Mission Impossible movies. Mm-hmm. And I guess fans didn't take a liking to him, so they were like, "All right, we'll chuck him." He's like, like not even like mentioned in the last movie. Like, it's at all. so funny. Like Jeremy Renner is a pretty good actor. Like, he can be pretty good, but yeah, the roles that me... he chooses oh, yeah. are, like, throwaways, and then when you try to put him into something serious, it's like, he's one of those people that he could be really great, but for whatever reason, he can never, ever capture anyone's imagination. I think it's because he's got that plain-looking face. It's like nothing Maybe special it about is. it. Maybe it is his face, but I honestly, I don't know, just, meh. Yeah. Oh, and then the, yeah, and then they they try to use Jeremy Renner again to carry another franchise in the Born the Born franchise. Oh yeah, he was awful in yeah, that one. I can't even remember the name of that fucking movie, but like <laughs> he was supposed to be like the new Jason Bourne or Jason Bourne esque, and it didn't. Nobody took a liking to it. I was one of them, so they came up with like Born Five or Born Again or The Born or whatever it's called, yeah. which was garbage, mind you. That was just as bad. Um, but yeah, I mean it. It has to do with, I guess it has to do with right choice and the box office numbers. If fans, and timing and, Definitely yeah. timing. Definitely timing. Give them some space. Like, uh, 
Logan came out when two years ago or something like that. Mm-hmm. And now Marvel owns um, Marvel's got the X Men back in their fold. And I'm hearing rumors that like Marvel won't be touching X Men for like at least five years. Which is a good thing. Yeah. And you know, we gotta let whatever this fucking Dark Phoenix or whatever the fuck it is come out. Mm-hmm. Um and you know then Ugh, you know, let face. let everyone hate that movie to their core and then so much hate and then let the the hatred die down (laughs) a little bit before marvel comes up with something better yeah oh i can't wait for that movie to fucking crash and burn i'm a for for y'all who don't know i'm a diehard x-men fan i grew up watching the animated series reading the comics i get offended every time i see a fucking x-men movie trailer i'm like what the fuck is this garbage i'm seeing exactly so Yay, he's going to die. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's our news and our yep. discussion. We have a uh, a question and a segment that yeah. we like to call Simon Says. Simon you know, a bit of a change up. Yep. Uh, it is actually film related and also kind of not. Mm-hmm. Um, so Simon wrote in to us. Simon... <sighs> My God, I can't remember the dude's name. Simon something. (laughs) (laughs) That'll make him feel great. Yeah, I know. Simon, hey, yo, dog. I love you, man. I honestly can't remember your fucking last name right now. (laughs) (laughs) All right. He says, hello, my name is Simon. And like Mark and Kelsey, I'm part of the Screen Geek team. However, unlike Mark and Kelsey, I'm as English as high tea and scones and spend most of my days staring out of the window at the falling rain, reminiscing about King Arthur and how much better things were in the good old days. Simon Andrews as his last name. Oh, Simon Andrews, yes. Yeah, okay. Go on. Go on. Sorry. Uh, being friends with Mark and Kelsey has provided me with a unique insight across the pond into what American life is like, but it's not a full insight and I've still got many questions yet to be answered that 30 years of watching American movies has raised. This week's question does indeed go back to said good old days, 1997 to be precise, and the cult classic Gross Point Blank. About a third of the way in, conflicted hitman Martin Blank returns to his hometown and tells a former school friend that he spends his days serving up biscuits and gravy to customers. Now, as one of the queen's loyal servants, to me, a biscuit is something chocolate-covered you dip in your tea. And gravy is something you serve up with your Sunday roast. I can't imagine for a second that combining these two individually delicious items could result in anything good. So, Mark and Kelsey, I ask you, what the fuck? <laughs> all, all in capital letters, what the fuck? Um, okay, so... <sighs> I see articles about this sometimes that pop up on Facebook. Like, uh-huh. you know, what's the difference between our biscuits and their biscuits or, you know, our cookies and, you know, their cookies. Or if we have English muffins over here, what do they call muffins? <laughs> and then, you know, if they just call them muffins, then what do they call our muffins? Yeah, and do they serve English muff? And do they serve the English mush, whatever the English muffins equivalent is over there? They do, but I don't remember what it's called. Probably just like toast, spotted toast, spotted toast. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I I think it's kind of funny because like 
when Simon has sent us this letter, he's talking about biscuits and gravy. And all I'm thinking about is like biscuits like you get with like chicken or or you eat with greens or you eat with gravy. Or, you know, you get from KFC. Yeah, exactly. Or sure, <laughs> just chicken or, or uh, Popeye's. Um, but over there, biscuits is cookies. Word, is cookies. Yeah, it's essentially they're cookies. And I think it's kind of just like a, a, a culture... It's a culture dialogue kind of switch up, I guess. Right, it is. And then I guess what you would consider our biscuits, they more closely relate to scones. So wait, what's a scone? I don't even know. What, what's a scone? It, I guess it's our biscuits. So, and they eat it with butter or jam. Okay, so over there, a, a scone would be considered a biscuit here? Yeah. Oh, okay. I did not know that. <laughs> As you can tell by my shocking, oh, <laughs> exactly. Okay. Um, yeah. And um, what else? Oh, and then I guess our gravy is also different. Yeah, because our gravy here is, I, okay, first of all, I don't, I don't eat gravy at all. I've never, I think I've had like once in my entire life. So I don't even know what gravy is. Well, in my family, uh-huh. gravy is something that you buy in a packet <laughs> and okay. you put water in it on a, you know, and it's like powder and you put uh-huh. it in on the stove, you know, and heat it up and it thickens. Uh-huh. But I know like there are different, that's the brown gravy, which I don't really particularly enjoy. White gravy I like. Um, What's white gravy? My God. You use. Also, gravy is essentially like. It, oh, so it's the juices from the meat? No, that's the way the English make it. Okay. So they take all, uh, it looks like they strain the meat out. Yeah, meat sauce. Thick so it's brown meat sauce. Sea it's sauce. basically all the fat that you don't. Oh, okay. You which know would what? taste so much fucking better than. <laughs> you know what? There's another, there is something similar to that in chicken. It's just called juice. <laughs> we call it juice. Chicken juice? Yeah. Stock? Like, not stock? Not, no. You know. Well, in my household, like my mom, she would bake chicken and she would like put a little bit, she would put some water in there and put like flavor and stuff like that. And it was like the juices from the chicken that kind of goes through and it goes into the water. It comes to the mixture. And she would like, um, in mid-bake, she would spoon it. She would pick up a spoon and then drop it on the chicken again and so to add more flavor to the chicken. But she never called it Oh, broth. There you go. But um, we just called it juice. Like chicken juice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that gives a whole new term to gin and juice. Oh. <laughs> 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 Ooh, I thoroughly grossed you out. Oh, my God. And I, and I, got, I got pretty hammered <laughs> off of some gin like a few weeks ago. Never again. <laughs> um, um, all right. So hopefully we answered some of simon's questions his inquiry if um if you guys have <laughs> if if any of our listeners over the pond or any other country or uh they have questions like that you know we are the american experts we will answer those questions <laughs> for everyone else if you just want to send us an email you can email us at um the real appeal at gmail.com that's real two e's no a uh appeal at gmail.com so now we're actually going to go into the new Aladdin movie that just released, uh, the remake, directed by Guy Ritchie, starring Will Smith as the genie, Mina Masood as Aladdin, Naomi Scott as Jasmine, uh, 
Marwan Kinzari as Jafar and Navid Negoban as, sult- as the Sultan. You stumbled upon an opportunity. I can make you rich. Rich enough to impress a princess. What would I have to do? There's a cave of wonders. Bring me the lamp. who summons me. I stand by my oath. Loyalty to wishes three. I'm kidding. Watch this. Watch out. Uh, you done wild me up. You ain't never had a friend like me. All right. Um, the synopsis of that is a kind-hearted street urchin and a power-hungry grand vizier vie for a magic lamp that has the power to make their deepest wishes come true. So, so Aladdin, 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 1992. Yeah, it's Aladdin. <laughs> um, you, uh, we, we normally get our synopsis from IMDb, and this synopsis was pretty much the same for. It was like literally. It the was same. word for word the same exact yeah. synopsis for the 1992 animated version. Yeah, yeah. So let's just go ahead and say this because everybody has seen Aladdin, so we're just gonna go talk about the movie in spoiler length and everything because there's no point doing a spoiler bumper. I mean. Y'all, y'all know the, the Aladdin story. Exactly. So there's no need for spoilers. But anyway. So um, you and I saw this. Um, and we were kind of... I know I was kind of hesitant to watch it. Uh, I was so interested. But I don't know. I think your, hesita- your hesitation was a little bit less than mine. Correct? I started off really skeptical. Because mm-hmm. the trailer was just really meh. Yeah, it did not do it justice And like as, as time went on, I was very like, hey, I want to... I want to watch this. Yeah, the um, um, the 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 movie got a lot of flack off the off the back. That was rhyming, wiki wiki whack. Anyway, um, <laughs> because you know, a lot of people didn't like how uh, Will Smith looked as looked like as genie. They didn't like. They wanted everything to be the same, like all matchy matchy. Yeah. And and so not just that, but it had some controversy with. Uh, some controversy with them using white extras and brown facing them basically yeah there was a rumor that had i don't know if that was ever uh completely accurate but i remember hearing about that rumor yeah so i don't know maybe haters are making that shit up or if it really did happen you know shame on shame on those everybody who was involved (laughs) um so i want to kind of go into um Maybe some differences, I guess. Mm-hmm. If you want to start off with uh, how it starts. Yeah. Um, the It starts off a little bit different than from uh, the original. Um, it it starts off with like this guy kind of telling, it was Will Smith, but it's this guy telling a story to his kids. And it, then it goes into the story of Aladdin. And instead of kind of having like the slow buildup, that's from the first movie, like the showing the, um, what's it called? The Cave of Wonder, right? Cave of Wonders, Cave yeah. Cave of Wonders and like Jafar having like that street merchant or whatever go into uh, the Cave of Wonder. Instead, it kind of just starts singing Arabian Nights and it takes you like on this tour of the of, of Agrabah, mm-hmm. which I totally dug. I was really liking how they did that. I did really like that. 
My only issue is that it felt like a Disney production. Like if you went to a Disney park or something and it was really put on instead of like a movie, you felt like everything was on set and they really were like hitting it home that they wanted you to notice their world building. Yeah. So it wasn't, it wasn't authentic and it wasn't, I mean, I know Aladdin's not entirely authentic anyway, but I'm. Wait, are you saying genies don't exist? Um, no, they don't. I mean. Man, I had some serious three good wishes. Fuck. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, they, I don't know. I, I mean, I like, I appreciate the world building. I, it just, it was very forced. Yeah, even like, um, like the first, uh, what, like 20, 20 to 15 minutes. Sorry, 15 to 20 minutes. It seemed kind of off. Um, like they couldn't get their footing. Like Guy Ritchie kind of kept like hesitating to like really embrace this whole world. Yeah, and it was like he started wide and then mm-hmm. was narrowing in on the story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, even like the first uh, musical number, which I think it's called like Catch Me If You Can or something like that. It's this part where like a lion skin chased through the through Agrabah. It was really weird because it was like he was supposed to be running, but it was like he was running really slow. Like, hey, come on, you're gonna catch me? Yeah, catch me. It was it was kind of funky. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I actually really like that it opened that way. Mm. Um. Especially because um. Well, I guess we can kind of get into the opening of the other one in the in the other segment, but. I don't, I like, I really appreciate some of the differences because it's not problematic in many of the ways that Mm -hmm. the original was. Um, Yeah, like they changed the music, the Arabian Nights song. Well, they did in the original too. It's just. Well, they they later changed it. They did, yeah. So it's like you can catch it in 35 millimeter Mm. uh, with the original, you know. Yeah, the original like. You know, cut off your ear, something. Yeah, cut off your hand. It's chaotic, but hey, it's home and stuff like that. Yeah. They, they do say that line. I do remember they do say it's chaotic, but hey, it's home, but they don't really play up on it. Yeah. yeah. Um, the the other you, thing is, like, one thing I don't really understand is if we're going to talk about similarities and differences, why mm. why did they change what food they were offering to the children? And to each other, like in the marketplace. I don't know. You know, I, I like because well, I it, this version, you know, he gives the kids dates instead of bread. Oh yeah, that's right. So you know, what was the purpose of that? And then probably make it more realistic or something. And then you know, instead of her giving, you know, Jasmine giving the kids apples, mm-hmm. she gives them the bread. Yeah. See, that's the part I kind of like blinked and miss. Um, one thing, yeah, I mean, they did that, but another thing they kind of really changed up is, um, Princess Jasmine's motivation for leaving the castle. Um, cause in the, in the original, you guys got to start hearing a lot of similarities, you know, like we mentioned, but they, they kind of need to be brought up. Um, in the original, Jasmine just wanted to get free. She just wanted to get out of the castle. And in this one, she was like, no, I want to like see what my people are like. Cause mm-hmm. I have this, I have this high class life, this royalty life and i want to see part of the people i want to be and part she of the wanted people. to be more like her mother was because her mother was very with the people and everyone loved her yeah 
Yeah, definitely. And like they really gave Jasmine like a purpose in the movie, which I was really digging on. Um, instead of just being like the damsel in distress and like, oh, Aladdin, please save me. I need to marry a husband. No, she's just like, no, like, I, sh- I should be queen. Yeah. And I want to make changes. Um, which that part kind of t- threw me off. It uh, threw me off. Um, off guard? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it threw me off guard because I, I guess I was just waiting to, for the damsel in distress to come up. I liked her strength. Mm-hmm. So as a child... Um, Jasmine in in the animated film for me was really uh, like she looked royal. She she held she carried herself royally, mm-hmm. and um, and Naomi Scott for me wasn't very royal. She was just really normal. Yeah. Um. So it was really hard. It was really hard to get into the story with her as Jasmine. Um, okay. it, it took a minute for her to own it for me. Yeah. So I really like that she was stronger. Um, but she just wasn't selling it for me. She really wasn't. Okay. She wasn't bad. It was just, I don't know. Maybe I had to kind of let some of my, uh, preconceived notions go, I guess. Yeah, that's probably it. You know who didn't really sell it for me? The dude who played Jafar. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Marin Juan Kaziri? Mm-hmm. <sighs> Mar- yeah, Marwan Kanzari. Yeah, Marwan Kanzari. I did not like him. I don't know if it was him or the writing, but like this, he came off as just like some whiny little weasel. Yeah, he was a bitch. Yeah, he was a straight up bitch. Like just- he, he was like compl- complaining. He's just yes. complaining. Like I want to be the sultan. Like- he didn't have a good use of magic. He only had that staff, really. And yeah. that was it. So there was no big magical, like, escaping, no, you know, like, there was none of that. It was just him complaining about coming up from nothing mm-hmm. and really wanting to, you know, the power that comes along with being a sultan. Yeah, and his motivation was really weird. Like, and, like, he wanted to, he wanted to, like, he wanted to infiltrate or, like, attack some allies that, um... Agrabah had but they never got into the detail like why he did that like why did he have so much hatred or anything like that it was really weird it was weird and it wasn't it wasn't his motivation really Mm -hmm. that that was more of you should do this like it was to show his manipulation of the sultan who was you know honestly not an idiot like like, like, the in, like the original. Yeah. Um, so his ability to manipulate him or whatever, but that that was kind of a dumb choice, I think. Yeah. Like it didn't make any sense why like why you would do that. Yeah. You know, choose another land where you're not allies with. Yeah, like if you're gonna start a war, like start a war that it like deserved it. Yeah. You know. I mean or, or unless un, unless if he wants to start a war with somebody like explain why he's just like he's just never explained why he wants to start the war yeah which is really dumb um what's your take on the guy who played aladdin which is a uh, mana mana masuda masud masud what, you, what was your take on he mess? he's um perfect okay perfect aladdin yeah he had, he had that smile he had the smile he had the you know the young like I don't know, teen heartthrob type look about him. Mm-hmm. Um, 
He's quite short. Was he short? I think I, I think Jasmine was notice. I think Jasmine was taller than him. <laughs> uh, I thought he was perfect. Mm. Um, the I didn't have the same issue with him that I did with Jasmine. Uh-huh. Um, my issue was just all the chase scene in the beginning is like, come on, come on, let's like, let's get to a story here. I don't want to be thrown into a chase scene. Yeah. Um, his uh. His his actually his uh, his chemistry with Will Smith was actually pretty good. Yeah, like they actually like really clicked. And we'll go we'll go into Will Smith detail later because we know you guys want to hear our opinion about it. That's why we're holding it for last. <laughs> yeah, we're holding it for last. Uh, but yeah, his chemistry between the two was actually really good, which I I totally dug. Like they seem like they're really bouncing off of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think about um, like the like a boo and the carpet? Um. <sighs> Okay, I like the boo. I mean, but nothing's ever going to compete with the boo from the cartoon. I guess mm-hmm. because it was it was animated, so it was really all over the place. Yeah. Um, that boo seemed to have more character, mm-hmm. more personality. Not in the animated movie. In, the, in this one, he was cool and all, but I don't know. He there's nothing memorable I can think that that boo did. Um, well, yeah. They, so they played up. They played up the um, animated one, uh, like the movies. I mean, the uh, the animated animals. Yeah, the CGI animals. No, in the animated one. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry, um, the old school one. It, yeah, in the old one. And um, they played up those animals way more than they did in mm. this film. So, like, Raja was more of a, like, a sympathetic, like, friend to Jasmine in the 92 version. Yeah. And this one... Uh, Raja was more of like a protector. Yeah, this one was more like rah, scary. That's yeah, it. <laughs> <laughs> like that's it. Um, and then for her friend to lean on, she actually had like a handmaid. Yeah, that was a new character that they added uh, for this movie for this version, and I was I was kind of digging on on her character. Um, she's from SNL. Um, her name is escaping me right now, but I was really digging how they had her involved with the story, not heavily in the story, but they kind of gave somebody to talk to other than just Aladdin or her tiger that can't talk back or her tiger that can't talk back. Her name is Nassim, uh, Pitarat, Pitarat. Um, but I've seen her in SNL quite a few times. Um, so yeah, it was it was something good because like you know Aladdin had Judy to talk to, so Jasmine had you know this girl had uh, her name was Delilah I think Dahlia Dahlia sorry her name was Dahlia and there was kind of going back and forth with her, uh, with her character, which kind of like leads me into like a problem in the movie, which is um, they gave Genie a uh, a romance of uh, oh uh, sorry they gave Genie like a love story. Which I was kind of digging at the beginning, mm-hmm. and it was with her. But like, you really not got you really never got the sense of like they were actually in love. It wasn't a love story. It was an infatuation story yes. that had no purpose if you weren't going to take it somewhere. Yeah, like they would. I mean, they would say like that how they're attracted to each other, but there was really no time. There was never one scene where like the chemistry clicked. 
Yeah. You know, there was like a little bit of dialogue back and forth when he was like supposed to be a div- uh, genie was supposed to be a diversion for Aladdin, so Aladdin can talk to Jasmine. Mm-hmm. Um, which was, you know, cool and all, but like there was nothing like that really hadn't. There was a, there was a spark. There was a natural spark that happened between the two. I think there could have been. It just well, there was no. There was no time where it was just them. Yeah, like they like when they even when they were doing the diversion, it mm-hmm. was just a diversion. So it wasn't like, oh, I really like you. It was just like, oh, I think you're cute. Let's go on this walk. Yeah, like, like no common ground uh, scene or anything. And the movie's longer than than the original. The original was like an hour and twenty six minutes. This version is about like two hours and some change. Mm-hmm. During like that extra thirty minutes, they could have like put in one scene of like them together i think they probably use that time more for musical numbers and whatnot yeah probably i mean the, the and musical- some of the scenes they stretched out too like yeah the, oh yeah definitely. You, you know them in his little apartment thingy where he lives yeah there was more of that um as far as musical numbers i think they gave they added maybe one or two more that necessarily can really they did, they did not need to add those. Yeah. So they came off really, um, what's it called? And I, I keep thinking about it and I can't think of the word, but, you know, where you're just like, you feel the injustices of the world. Like it's very Frozen-esque. Yeah. Like, oh, 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 yeah. Exactly. And it's just not, it does not fit in this film. They didn't even do it in the same style as like the older music that we're used to. Mm. um so there was no point and it was like they would get to a point in the story they would get to a point in the story and then they would all of a sudden like cut to this musical scene with this character and then they would go you know back to oh maybe she realized something and she's gonna go back and make the right choice like Mm -hmm. It was really, uh, I think, a little disjointed, and it didn't. It wasn't uh, organic at all. Yeah, definitely. Um, we also got. We also have to talk about the CGI because that's one of that's a, one of the big parts that people want to discuss about it. Um, some of the CGI was it was it started off kind of good and it got better, and then it was and then it went downhill. Um, like the the scene. Um, friend like me the classic like you know you ain't got you know you never had a friend like me you can tell they spent a lot of time uh getting the cgi together for that because that scene was fucking badass mm-hmm. i was really digging on that but then as the movie goes on it starts getting a little wonky starts getting a little lackluster and especially at the third act there's this like this there's this really unnecessary chasing with aladdin uh jasmine carpet and like an, a creature chasing after him it looked bad. It was shaky. Like, it was so fast. So many cuts. You just, you can't focus on where they're going. So mm-hmm. you're just sitting there waiting for it to finally stop. Because oh, yeah, you just was... don't, you can't, your eyes can't follow whatever they're doing. Yeah, that was so fucking horrible. And, like, it, it, it one thing that bugged the fuck out of me, and it's, it's it, this is a bit of a fandom, or my love for the original, there was no giant snake. Like, instead of, like, using that stupid-ass, like, s- that chasing, they could have used a giant snake. Like, that's from the original, because Jafar turns to a giant snake, mm-hmm. and it's, like, it's crazy-ass fight. They could have used a giant snake. Well, and here's the thing, too, because if they're gonna... So you're talking about that, and Jafar 
when he was a snake in in the 92 version mm. he did also like a lot of the work himself he yeah. did not rely on iago yeah he like he was like i'm gonna use my magic i'm gonna do this like you know and iago was more of like emotional support or comedic relief or um he even would come up with a couple of ideas that jafar would be like yeah you're like you're gonna mm-hmm. you know we're gonna do this but in this one, it was just like Iago is spying and Iago is doing this. And, you know, there's no um, like Jafar just is like standing around in the castle like here, you go do this. Yeah. Like Iago had more personality in the original. And this one, Iago was literally he was the thing that he fucking hated. Iago, the character of Iago in this movie was the thing that Iago in the 92 version hated. He was just a parrot who just like repeated words. Yeah. You know, which is, <clears throat> which is really stupid. I, no. And then like, apparently Alan Tudyk did the voice of Iago. And I was like, you guys, you guys just kind of wasted a talent. Yeah. Alan Tudyk is a great voice actor. You guys just wasted talent for him to like repeat words. It was, just, yeah. it was really dumb. Um, so we got, so we have to talk about Will Smith mm-hmm. and our, and our opinions on Will Smith. Um, I myself was worried or I was, I was on the camp of like, no one can do Genie. Robin Williams owns that role and all that shit. Mm-hmm. And then I saw this movie. I really enjoyed Will Smith as Genie. Really dug it. He didn't do Robin Williams impersonation. He just kind of made it his own. Right. Um, what um was, that's what, what I like. That? I like Will Smith as the genie. Mm-hmm. Um, he was sarcastic in different ways. He clicked really well with Aladdin. He was heartfelt when he needed to be. Um, he looked really sad when he needed to. I think the CGI for him mm-hmm. was not that great, even when he was introducing himself in the Keep of Wonders because he moved weird. It was like he was placed on top of the moving image of the background as opposed oh, okay. to um, they made him oddly buff. Like he was already buff and then they made him buffer like he had extra ribs and extra muscles or something. Yeah, he was like, in certain, especially in certain scenes, he was like super cut. We're like, yeah. damn, we don't really need that. Yeah. Um, but I really liked his style. Like he mm. wasn't always blue, which I liked. Um, oh yeah, they took they took, that, they took that out. Yeah, um, yeah. Even it, like his hairstyle made sense. Like it was all goofy and weird mm-hmm. in the '92 version. In this one, it actually looked like okay, that's something someone would rock. Like at some, you know, in some culture somewhere. Yeah, like whenever he wasn't, whenever he wasn't genie, like blue genie, and he was like human genie. He 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 seemed like he was more in his more in his. Uh, area he was more like okay cool i can really free flow with this i can go with like my kind of style my kind of <laughs> charismatic personality which really which really worked um especially like when they had the prince ali song mm-hmm. that's that's one thing that's that's one of the things that really sold me on that movie was um in the prince ali song in the original it's cool it was cool and all but in this version they make a whole fucking spectacle of that whole, of mm-hmm. that number. And it, it looked amazing to me. Yeah. So he was definitely the showman. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. 100%. Um, so that's, he was great. 
I I have no qualms about him being genie mm-hmm. because he did not try to replace Robin Williams. Yeah, he actually came out and said um, uh, when he got offered the role, uh, said that uh, Will Smith was actually terrified of playing the character, um, but that he found a lane that pays homage uh, homage to Will performance in the original film while still making his own thing. So we really got a sense of of Will Smith. Um, we really got a sense of Will Smith, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, kind of. Mm-hmm. Which um, I have to bring up the story. Kelsey, bro- Kelsey, woo, shit. <laughs> <laughs> the show, the level of like how out of tune Kelsey can be with like this nostalgia, love, and pop culture. Um, I don't know, Kelsey. You want to tell the story? It's so hilarious. <laughs> Uh, was were we in the theater? Were we talking before, or was it like a few days before that? I think we might have. <laughs> oh, it was before that. Yeah, I think it might we have been before that. We were just talking uh-huh. about Will Smith, and I was like, man. I think I think it was when the trailer came out. We were talking about Will Smith. Yeah, as a lad, yeah. And I was like, man, his music was like not that great. I like, did you hear Switch? Like, uh-huh. and you were telling me, oh, like his young his. Older stuff is actually pretty good, mm. you know. Or at least like good to list, like good yeah. to it's a, it's at least carries a tune. It's like cool to listen to, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, he had like he had earlier stuff. What are you talking about? I'm like he only he was like an actor. He was you know Fresh Prince of Bel Air. That's the first time he ever came out, and you're like, no, he was. <laughs> He was a rapper before he was an actor. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, like what? <laughs> Apparently that is blue Kelsey's mind. <laughs> and you're like, oh, that makes sense now. <laughs> yeah, because like Kelsey had never heard of like Fresh Prince and like DJ Jazzy, DJ Jazzy Jeff with like Summertime and Parents Don't Understand. And all like these. Like, I know. Really like all I remember is he did the Men in Black song, but I, <laughs> that's it. But that was after Fresh Prince. <laughs> so I was like, oh, like when I was younger and I was hearing that song, I was like, oh, maybe he should be a rapper. <laughs> you know what? This Will Smith guy, he looks like he has some rapping skills. Maybe he should like pursue that. Cut know. to switch. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> yeah. He, um, yeah. Before that, that's what that's what. <clears throat> sorry. That's where he kind of got. That's where he got his start. That's where he got noticed. Where he was his rapper, and then eventually some studio head was just like, "Yo, this guy." You know, actually, it was, it was a white guy. Uh, I think French Prince, this French Prince cat, you know, belongs on a TV show. We should make a TV show. And then they made, <laughs> they made French. <laughs> that's my studio exec voice. Um, yeah, so they made Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and you know, Kelsey just completely missed out on the whole Fresh Prince. <laughs> Well, no, I... I, I mean, there's not the show, the, the whole rap, Fresh Prince, yeah. Yeah, I did not know anything about that, mm-hmm. which is um, funny because they actually paid homage to that, too, in in, the, uh, in this film. Did they? They did. So when, uh, when Aladdin goes to make his first wish, mm-hmm. he says, make me a prince. So he makes him a prince, like in the distance. And that was Fresh Prince Prince? Yeah. It was. They actually, and they used his colors too, you know, like the pink and the green and everything. I did not even catch that. Yeah, that that was part of the trivia that I read up on. 
Okay, because when they said, we can make you a prince, I'm thinking like prince, like the artist formerly known as prince, like, you know, a purple rain prince. I did not know that was it was that fresh prince. Oh, no, it was. Oh, so it was a purple rain prince? No, no, no. Oh, fresh prince, fresh, fresh prince. Fresh prince, fresh prince. See, now, now I kind of actually want to really watch that movie again. <laughs> um. So, yeah, uh, there's a lot of homage paying in this film, and it's it's a lot of fun. Um, and actually, you caught something in that scene, too. Yeah, there's this... Um, well, before I get into that, I, we have to talk about one more thing about the homage. Uh, homage. Homage. It's homage. Is it homage? Yeah. Okay, because every time I think of homage, I think of, like, Amish. Like, you know, I turn butter and I don't You say like homage or homage. Homage. Um the reason why Will Smith is actually as Jenny, uh, Guy Ritchie chose Will Smith to be Jenny because he believes Smith could give a performance as good as the late Robin Williams, but not similar. Um, quoted from uh, Guy Ritchie, uh, just the flavor of the character would be different enough and unique enough that it would be a different lane versus trying to complete. So it was still kind of in the vein of it, but, you know, they were just like, make it your own, you know, do, you know, do Big Willie style, I guess. Yeah. And they did that. But going back to what Kelsey had mentioned, um, yeah, if you guys if you guys haven't seen the movie, if you're going to watch it, there's this really funny part. It's something in the background that if you literally if you blink, you will fucking miss it. Where uh, Genie and Aladdin are talking about like how this whole wish making thing happens and whatever, and you see Carpet uh, building a castle, a sandcastle, and it cuts away and it comes back, and the sandcastle looks like. Um, Sleeping Beauty's palace. Or like um, the their one, logo, you know, when they, yeah. they're going to show the hole and it was like the doo-doo-doo. Yeah, you see the castle. The wishing and, upon the star song yeah, and all that. You see the castle and then carpet throws sand over it and it looks like like the star, like dee-dee-dee, like oh, straight over it. But I was just <laughs> like, oh shit, I see you there. I see you, which is pretty funny. Yeah. Um. So. Oh, we have to talk about Naomi Scott can fucking sing. Oh yeah, as as someone who's not myself, but Kelsey is more of a person who's more musically inclined than I am, because uh, she can really catch certain notes and really appreciates the well, people's voice. What was what, what was I'm gonna ask you? What was your opinion on it, or how'd you feel about that that part? Well, like there's different types of singers. Like there's the Britney Spears singer who's mm. who has some talent. But, but like she's more show than she is talent mm. or, you know, Madonna. yeah, exactly. Mm. Then there are people like, like Lady Gaga or Kristen Aguilera who have a really strong voice that can really carry their, their music without ever like Lady Gaga doesn't have to be as showy as she is. Mm. She just is that way because it's, it's going to market well. Yeah. Um, Jennifer, but Jennifer Hudson's a good one as well. Cause oh she, man, she's, she's amazing. Yeah. Um, Naomi Scott is more like in that camp where she has a really strong, amazing voice and can carry her own singing without being showy. Like it's really strong. All the notes hit right. Like I love her singing. Yeah. You can really see her veins popping out in her throat when she's going. She's what you hear, what you call a powerhouse singer. Yeah. That, that really caught me out called me out keep fucking up that term caught me off guard 
she started singing. I was just like, oh, shit. What's these goosebumps I'm feeling? Like, damn. Even though the lead up to it was kind of weird. And you can tell um, they cut out a song from the original movie to include her singing. It was still worth it. Because I was just like, holy shit. Like, that girl can fucking sing. Yeah. Um, And then also, speaking of singing, Will Smith's singing was really lackluster. And that also kind of took... Because it starts off with him singing. Mm. And I, it was just really like, you could tell he's not a good singer. Like, he can carry a tune like mm. any normal person who's not a bad singer, but not a great singer could carry. Yeah, you won't hear him like soloing shit. No, but he, he's just not, I don't know, it took me out of it. Like, why, why did they choose him to sing? Like, I don't know. I, I think even kinda... Robin Williams was probably a better singer than him. I was kind of digging on it because, like, he's saying, you know, like, like we said earlier, um, he's singing the Arabian Night song. And yeah, I was liking it, but you can tell, like, they got to a point in the song where they were like, all like, right, let's He kinda... hit his range. Like, yeah, you could tell he peaked out. Yeah. And they were like, let's raise, like, the volume of the instruments a little higher. Yeah. To cover up, like, his shakiness or yeah. he, like, can't hit certain notes that well. So it's off key or whatever. I don't mm. know. It wasn't. And it didn't sound showy at all. It wasn't like like a song that you would find on Broadway or something. It was just very much like there's this guy off the street singing cool. Yeah, most likely. Um, so all in all, um, for the people who are still kind of on the fence of Aladdin, would you, would you recommend that they watch it or you just kind of like skip out on this? I would recommend that you watch it. Yeah. Um, and the box office numbers don't lie about that too. Yeah, I think it made like over a hundred million dollars. Yeah, um, and that's not even including um, the Memorial Day itself, because mm-hmm. um, we're recording this over the weekend. Um, yeah, I would say the same thing. I I enjoyed it a whole lot. I I um I I actually wanted to take my kid to go see it, but her uncle took her to see it instead. I was really digging on it. Um, I was skeptical, but I was fully into it. Like I said, there's hiccups. But it does not really take a whole a whole lot away from the film. Right. So yeah, that's a review for Aladdin. Yep, and now we're going to go into our deathbed do-over. Deathbed do-over. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do this now every time, deathbed do-over song, until we get an actual song. <laughs> well, at least Mark is doing it and not me. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's called... First Reformed came out in 2017 with uh, Ethan Hawke and Amanda Seyfried. Uh, yeah, it's Ezra the Entertainer, directed by Paul Schrader. Paul Schrader, the man behind Taxi Driver, the writer behind Taxi Driver, one of the greatest films ever to come on screen. Mm. And uh, it's uh, the synopsis is a minister of a small congregation in upstate New York grapples with mounting despair brought on by tragedy worldly concerns and a tormented past mm-hmm. now um for people who are unfamiliar with our death but do over uh we take a movie that was working really well act one act two was knocking out of the park and then act three they just took a shit on the bed yeah it was actually it's a super depressing film and uh but i was still kind of like okay with it it wasn't like super killing my mood until then it was like I just watched the film for nothing because that third act was fucking garbage. Yeah, it went really bad. So our job, you know, since we are 
you know, big screenwriters in the film industry and we know our shit. Yeah. Is, uh, <laughs> we try to <laughs> fix the third act. Uh, you guys can take these at heart or it's just us just kind of fucking around. So we're going to do one in one and Mark is going to do the first one and uh, then okay. I'll, you know. All right. So, all right. So here's this. Okay. Oh, so we got to explain the ending. If you guys haven't seen First Reform, you want to skip over, whatever. So the way how the movie ends is um, uh, Ethan Hawke is slow as he's the minister he's slowly kind of like just falling into madness and everything he's about to lose his position as like the head minister of this uh church and what happens is that uh i guess the organization or the church congregation or whatever organization is holding this rally but it's with these corporate this corporation that's like it's harmful towards the environment and they're they're backing the church financially, so it's sort of like this big thank you event. Yeah, exactly. Um, and showing that they're partners. Yeah. So what Ethan Hawke's character does is that uh, earlier in the movie he gets his hand on a, a vest laced with bombs, with bombs, explosive devices. So what he does is that he's gonna put on this vest, he's gonna go to the congregation, and he's just gonna blow up everybody. That was his intention. Mm. That ended up not happening. What stopped him was uh, Amanda Sidfried? Seyfried. Seyfried. Uh, her character, who he ends up falling in love with, is there. And she's pregnant. And this stopped, this caused him pause. He doesn't do it. He goes in the back. He's like having this whole moment of like, I'm just freaking out now. I can't do this kind of shit. Takes off the vest. And he like wraps his buddy up in like barbed wire. Um... And then it's bleeding, and then he puts his clothes back on. He's about to go out. Amanda Sifri, like, sees him in his room or whatever. They look in each other's eyes, and then they kiss. <laughs> and, like, I don't remember if there's, like, some uh, internal monologue going on or voiceover. But, like, it kind of, like, ends like that. Yeah. Yeah, and we were just like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> That's how we're going to end. Um, so, since you guys are caught up now, here's my way to fix the movie. Uh, Ethan Hunt's character has been acting up this whole time because actually he's possessed by the demon from The Exorcist, Captain Howdy. <laughs> and guess what? Surprise! It's a spiritual sequel to The Exorcist because Hollywood has no original ideas. The end. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing that would make sense. <laughs> Seriously. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ethan Hawke's character decides he doesn't give a shit about the church, the people in it, and especially not Amanda Seyfried and her unborn baby, and decides to blow it up anyway. Who would blame him for the duplicity of that whole corporate mess? <laughs> That's funny how you how you said that's the ending because that was like one of my <laughs> ways of how it ends. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I put down, he actually detonates the bomb. <laughs> but I didn't know this until today. That was a that was an alternative ending. He was actually going to blow it up. Oh wow! Yeah, they should have gone with that. I would have just been like, "Yes, I love this movie. <laughs> it's the greatest movie ever." <laughs> okay. All right. So then here's 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 another way I would end it. So uh, Amanda Amanda says for Seyfried. I keep Seyfried. I don't know if it's Seyfried or I say Seyfried. Okay, let's say said Seyfried. Uh, her husband, who was kind of like losing his mind and getting really super paranoid. Um, is the owner of the explosive vest that Ethan Hawke gets a hold of later on. He later ends up killing himself. So the way how it would have ended was that Amanda Sidfried is actually the head of a militant group, a militant green group. And she's been lacing 
her husband's food with LSD to slowly <laughs> make him lose his mind mm. and make him suggestible, suggest, suggestible to a suicide bombing. <laughs> so what ends up happening is like, she's like, you're going to, you know, she's trying to push this movement on him and everything. And he's killing her, killing himself. And she's like, oh shit, we lost our bomber. And so she seduces Ethan Hawke and this injects him with all this LSD stuff like that. And uh. then he, he goes really super crazy and then tries to blow up these people. And, he, and she's like, oh, shit, this is a little too intense. So then she comes in and like kissing him like blah, blah, blah. But it's really like a grief movement kind of <laughs> Anyway, that's how that's I how had it some it. like a, almost a similar idea to that one. Uh-huh. Um, but I put uh, Amanda Seyfried's character was actually abusing her husband. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so in the film, she speaks for him quite a bit. And when it comes time, which I thought was really weird. She was, was really yeah. like talking a lot for him yeah. instead of him talking okay. for himself. I was making sense, making sense. So, um, so when it comes time for his death, she killed him, you know, cause <laughs> you know, he, he wanted to talk to the, the minister out in the woods, but uh, she, oh she yeah, she's like, no, like, like he's going to reveal everything. Up. So, okay, okay. you know, okay. so she killed him and make, made it seem like a suicide. It was planned ahead of time. So this is just so Ethan Hawke's character would feel sorry for her and not blow up the church because she was really working for that corporation that was backing the church financially. It was really an M. Night Shyamalan film in disguise, though. Oh, my God. I didn't like Shyamalan twists. Yeah. I can get it. I can dig it. I can dig it. <laughs> All right. All right. So this is what I... Okay, so this, this is another way how I would end it. Okay, so Ethan Hawke, his character was is a war veteran. So the way how it ends is uh, Ethan Hawke fought in the Iraq War, and the events you're watching in the movie is actually like him slowly dying, and like mm-hmm. his br- blood brain just kind of coming out, and he just sees this whole event, and he's dying on the battlefield. End. <laughs> <laughs> End. <laughs> End. <laughs> um, this is really the story of a man who just couldn't make up his mind about whether or not he likes people. One minute he wants to help people, the next minute he wants to murder everyone. Just like the rest of us. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Mm. I don't. I don't want to say who, but it's a person sitting right in front of me. Uh, not me. <laughs> no, it's the girl behind you. That's not behind <laughs> you. It really is you. <laughs> All right. Um, and here's my final version of how the movie should have ended. Essentially, uh, an entertainer just gets real with Ethan Hawke's character, backhands the shit out of him, and says, "Get your shit together," and sets him straight. Because, you know, he never had that character that was just like, hey, yo, can you stop this, please? <laughs> I he mean, did. he tried, but he was too white about it, I guess. Yeah, he was like sugarcoating it. Like, oh, I think you shouldn't be acting like this. This is kind of weirdly, weird, really weird of you. No, all he wanted, all he needed was like a real nigga to come up to him and be like, yo, cut the shit out. Or I'm going to fuck your ass up. Mm. And that would have been him. There we go. And... My final one is this is really an extended extended music video for absolutely story of a girl by nine days. This is the story of a girl who cried a river and drowned the whole world. And while she looks so sad in photographs, I absolutely love her when she smiles. The end. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got another song stuck in your head, hopefully. <laughs> Yep. And um, yeah, that's going to be uh, this week's 
deathbed do-over. Deathbed do-over. My man, my man, my man. That's it. <laughs> uh, so, Kelsey, um, what do you want to... I'm sure people kind of got a hint with the uh, music that was at the top of the show. But what is our geriatric cinematic review? It's Aladdin again. Oh, shit. But it's the 92 version. 92 version. Um, so it was directed by Ron Clements and John Musker. Uh, also written by them. Um, it has uh, Scott Weinger as Aladdin. Robin Williams as Genie. Linda Larkin as Princess Jasmine. Uh, Jonathan Freeman as Jafar. Uh, of course, Gilbert Gottfried as Iago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. I think there's something written here. Why? Ten thousand years will give you such a crick in the neck. Say the magic words. Genie, I wish for you to make me a prince. He has the lamp. We're never going to get a hold of that lamp. All right. So, I'm going to read you guys the synopsis of Aladdin. Now, tell you guys have heard this. A, kid, a kind-hearted street urchin and a power-hungry grand vizier. <laughs> vizier. Vizier. Via for a magic Vi. Oh, sorry. Vi for a magic lamp. Totally different synopsis. <laughs> for a magic lamp that has the power to make their deepest wishes come true. I never... I didn't think this would be... Uh, what? It's the same synopsis? Same movie? It's the same story. You guys didn't know that, did you? <laughs> did you? So, yeah, we, we, we uh, sat down and rewatched this movie. And um, I want Kelsey to take this away, because she said something shocking to me about this movie that I was just like, whoa. If it's which one I like more, I'm going to yes. save that for the end. Oh, okay, okay. We'll, we'll talk about that then at the end. Um. So yeah, this movie, I mean, this was like the this was one of those movies that was constantly on like Disney Channel. Uh everybody went to go see this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh I saw this movie multiple I think I saw this movie more than I saw The Lion King growing up. Hmm. I, I saw it a lot too, but I don't think more than The Lion King because I love that movie. Mm-hmm. Um I loved Aladdin when I was growing up. And the uh, the thing with this one is there were some issues with it that I didn't remember. And it's been a really long time since I've seen it. Yeah. So like when the opening or whatever, the Cave of Wonders, oh. um, which actually I thought was more intimidating than the one from the new release. Okay. Um, it, but it was voiced by the same person. Yeah. He did, the guy who did the voice of Abu. Um, yeah. Frank. Wheeler, I think Frank Welker. 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 He did the voice of the Cave of Wonder. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you're being told this story by um, the the street merchant, mm-hmm. but he's pulling out all these products that are really fucking shitty and they fall apart and everything. Like he's like some kind of scam artist type guy. Yeah, like a snake, uh, like a snake oil salesman. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it, it for me, I thought that was pretty like I don't know kind of racist i think because yeah uh, <laughs> uh, there was like one little funny part that he did where he was like oh this is a tupperware from blah 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 blah. and, and he, he opened it was just a box yeah and, and he, he opened it, it. And he goes, <laughs> yeah i love fart jokes they're funny <laughs> and he like popped it here a fart joke and like her and i were both like, <laughs> 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 like 
uh, I one thing I oh so back to your uh, I want to talk about your Cave of Wonder for a second. I, I, I'm I'm kind of conflicted on how I felt about the Cave of Wonder in this one as opposed to the one in the 2019 version where this one the cable wonder was like talking the head was like up and down and like really animated and in the old one i mean sorry in the in the most the most recent release one it was just the the head and the oh, voices so kind of came out i i like that it was just the head with the voice coming out mm-hmm. but it i don't know there was something about it that wasn't as intimidating like i don't know if if the voice just even though it was the same guy. Yeah, he came back, yeah. It just didn't capture any sort of like, it didn't look alive, I think is part okay. of it. So like the one, the the animated one was really, it seemed like a, it was alive because it was talking, mm. but the other one did not. Like this 2019 version, it was just something that was there. So it didn't look like anything that could harm you. Yeah, it didn't look as scary or as frightening as yeah as the other one. Yeah. Um, but inside of the Cave of Wonders, the 2019 version was much better. Okay. Because um, the animated one, so it's like all gold and all like piles of, you know, coins yeah. or whatever. And this yeah. one is like, yeah, it's this vast cavern, and mm. it has you know like loose coins here and there and rubies and it was dark and it was like more like something you would find in like a really mystical place as opposed to this really fake room filled with everything is gold like yeah it was like uh, so we were saying like maybe like in the recent one it was less show but more more room to imagine that level of gold yeah as opposed to this one just kind of being like boom all over the place look gold go you know scrooge mcduck is like swimming in here yeah. you know this pile of treasures and stuff like that okay speaking of ducks <laughs> yeah there's a couple of times like abu sounded like donald duck yeah. like you hear that like, yeah you hear like Wait, Donald? What, what happened here? <laughs> um, speaking of which, there was a couple of times that Genie made several uh, a few references to other uh, Disney movies. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a there's a mermaid reference, there's a Pinocchio reference, and it's like obvious there. Yeah. So, like, I guess either Genie knows he's in a Disney film, or he's at least self aware that Disney films exist. Well, he even pulled out a script at one point with Aladdin on it, telling I Aladdin that. like. You know, your line is, you know. <laughs> That's how Cosmic Genie is. He's like speaking to him on like several different reality planes or some shit like yeah. that. That was uh, pretty kooky. Um, I will say that I the animation did not really hold up for me. Yeah. It was really like, okay, I'm going to throw everyone for a loop. I don't know if anyone's going to remember this movie, but I loved the Swan Princess growing up. Mm -hmm. Like this whole, you know, idea of this beautiful princess turning into a swan and having to go through this journey. Um, And then I watched it as an adult. I'm like, what the fuck is this? I might as well be watching like one of those Bible stories that are badly animated. It was that bad. bad. Yeah. And it's not like the copy we got was cheap. It was like a 720, at least a 720p copy of of aladdin and it's still kind of cheap yeah so like the what the feather in the sultan's hat would be blue and then it would be gray yeah and then like some of the colors for like jasmine's clothes was like faded it was almost white 
Yeah, it was almost white, and then it was like a deeper blue, mm-hmm. or like a blue greenish or something. Yeah, like and then um, even the lighting, like day, you know, nighttime Aladdin, mm-hmm. like you could see his character outlined in like a blue or purple. Yeah, like the outline of his hair. Yeah, was like okay, did he not comb the gel through his hair correctly? Yeah, something <laughs> like that. Um, yeah, one of the things, one of the biggest problems I have with this movie is like the Sultan. Mm-hmm. Um. The Sultan in the newer version is a little bit more hard. He's a little bit more like, okay, I can get why this dude is like king. He's a leader, yeah. Yeah. This one is like, he's like, he must be a fucking kid. Mm-hmm. He's so like stupid. Yeah, like at one point he's actually stacking like tiny uh, animal figurines yeah. like in a tower. Yeah. Like on his throne, like the arm of his throne chair. Yeah, it was totally weird. Um, and... I mean, it's just not going to be us complete shit on the movie, but we got to get through the issues, like, from the jump. Yeah. I felt the first, like, 20, 30 minutes were kind of boring. They were. Yeah. Uh, it was, like, their timing was off, so uh-huh. they would have, like, these parts of the stories that they could expand on, and then they didn't. Maybe which- Guy Ritchie was really following... <laughs> the original movie too close because remember how we say it was well you? no because i think in the teeth in the new version uh-huh. um in the live action version they actually expanded on those things where mm. they put in like numbers and like yeah. oh this is like a natural progression of them it's just that's why i think it was so it felt so hard to get into the story because it was like new yeah and also they were trying to narrow down until you meet the characters gotcha um or you know who they're going to be. But this one, it was just like, no, we're going to like, they're just like skipping and hopping until they get to something more important. Yeah. Like it doesn't really, I didn't really get a sense that like the movie really picked up until Aladdin was inside the cave of wonder. Um, like when he, when he, up now, Yago, when Abu um, grabs that red ruby and mm-hmm. then they have to get away on the carpet. I was just like, Oh shit, this is fun. Like I'm really digging on this. And of course, Robin that's where it really picks up yeah. yeah and of course like robin williams walks into any room and like lights that fucker up yeah so when i saw when that part came, i was like oh yes this is why i like this cartoon yeah oh so speaking of robin williams in the cave mm. i thought it was really funny how um in the 2019 version yeah he tricked him by like you're supposed to be holding the lamp when you make a wish or something, but he just hid it behind him and he wasn't touching it. Yeah, he did like a slight of a slight of hand gesture, um, and the genie was like, "Oh, you must be rubbing the lamp." Yeah, which I you would think he would know that, but yeah. um, in the '92 version, he tricks him the same way that he tricks Jafar. Like, oh, you're the all-powerful genie. Show me yeah, what you got. Yeah, that is true. Holy shit! Yeah, he like. He, like, pretty much, like, manipulates him. Yeah. He goes, like, oh, no Jimmy can ever get us out of this cave. Whatever. And he gets them out of the fucking cave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, holy shit. I didn't, I didn't think about that. Yeah. Either. So, it, it was just kind of weird. Like, okay, we're going to use that same thing twice. I, I guess they thought it worked, but maybe they thought if they put it in a different place, it worked. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> um, one thing that was really funny <laughs> in the movie in, in the 92 one is that Jasmine helps Jasmine gives this kid like she's wandering through the streets and she gives this poor kid who needs who wants something to eat an apple and is like oh here you go and then the street merchants like or the vendor is like hey 
you're going to pay for that, right? And Jasmine goes, wait, pay? <laughs> so, so apparently Jasmine doesn't have a concept of like purchasing. <laughs> yeah, she's like, what's money? I know. I have to pay for stuff? No me, no, no one gives me this stuff? I thought it was, I, that shit was hilarious to watch. I'm sure there are people out there who are on that level, oh, yeah. but... There like, people, yeah, there are people who don't know like the price of a bowl of cereal. But at least you know you'd have to pay for it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, so I have a I have this question because this was puzzling me about this movie. Okay, in the Prince Ali portion of the the movie, um, Aladdin is throwing this change out or the change. He's throwing this gold coins out, right? Mm-hmm. So that everybody can be like, oh, he's giving away money. Earlier in the movie, there's a part where in A Friend Like Me, where Abu is like sticking all these coins in his hat and he looks in the hat and the coins are gone. Okay. So this big spectacle that Genie does throws all these co- and Aladdin throws all these coins and the spectacle's over. Do the coins disappear too? And if so, that's pretty fucked up because these people were picking up that money like, holy shit, we got money. <laughs> and then they're gone. <laughs> you know, they're, um. I don't know, because I know that he has the ability to make things real, obviously. Uh, to keep it, um, uh, to make it things more permanent. So, like, did he make that permanent then? Did he, like, really give him that money? Mm, probably. I'm sure he did. Yeah. Uh, I'll say that in this version, there's not that big of a number. Like, it's big, but it's actually not as grand as the 2019 version of the live action. Like, it felt more musical in the live action than it did this one. Yeah, the song is just as memorable, but you got a real sense of, I don't know, like, really enjoying the the whole idea of, like, this dude walking into the village or walking into Agrabah with all this money and the 2019 version. And this one's just like, yeah, it's a catchy tune, but I'm just like, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Um, Aladdin and Jasmine sound super young. Like, I yeah. remember as a kid, they sounded older because I was a kid. And now I'm like, God, they sound like they're 17 years old. They probably were. I mean, I think they kind of, they, they didn't really gave the age, but it seemed like they kind of gave the idea of Aladdin, not Aladdin, that maybe Jasmine was maybe about to turn 18. Yeah. And then I read some trivia too beforehand. Mm-hmm. And she's like this white lady. Oh, that played Jasmine? Yeah. That was was Hollywood. I know, but it took me out of it because all (laughs) I could hear was this white lady who did not sound Arab at all. Yeah. Well, speaking of the voice actors, um, I thought that it was um, the cast who sang their parts. Uh, I thought it was Scott Scott Winger who sang Aladdin and Lena Larkin who played Princess Jasmine. Um, But it wasn't. Oh, I can't find their names right now. But yeah, the their voices are, they say their voices, it's said that their voices were good enough to sing the parts, but they, I guess Disney or the directors really wanted to punch up, um, really want to punch up their talent. Oh, as, it was Brad Keane did Aladdin and Leah Salonga. Yeah. And, uh, did Jasmine. Yeah. And I, I, I for years, I thought that it was the actors a- actors singing their parts. I didn't yeah, know I did too. Because yeah. it sounds like them, so... Yeah, it's very similar to it. Um, there was something... I, I thought it was funny how... Um, 
There wasn't much of a chase scene after Aladdin saves Jasmine from the guards. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I thought that was an upside in the new version too. Like that's, that kind of lends itself to like what I was saying about them really making things organic in the live action. Oh yeah, I gotcha. They really, they added things in and took things out. Um, and I think it actually worked better once you got to know the characters. Yeah. It helped the pacing. Yeah. Uh Um, And then, but then it's funny because in this version, so they do the chase scene and she doesn't know how money works apparently, but then (laughs) she's smart enough to know how to follow his lead and play mentally ill. Yeah, that, that was kind of out of nowhere. And then, um, they gave this, I, I don't know why they didn't expand on it, but like they gave her character a little bit more, um, like she's more physical. Like there's a part where he's trying to help her across like uh cross buildings, but she can like leap over him mm-hmm. without a problem. I think she like catapulted herself like with a stick, but it looked like she just jumped. <laughs> like <laughs> like if she turned into like a Kryptonian and like leapt the building over a single bound or something like that. Uh Jafar was very, very intimidating. Like he oh, was a great bad guy. I love Jafar. He had so much magic that he could use but then also like i forgot about it until it showed up he was the old man in the dungeon with uh with aladdin after he arrested him for something he didn't do yeah he was actually like busting out like some magic like some ethan hunt shit like wearing a mask and like trying to like deceive him and everything and i thought that was dope which is that's that's missing in the 2019 version yeah so that that's something that the live action could have used yeah definitely (laughs) um and then i thought it was funny the the song where the genie introduces himself Mm -hmm. actually was more chaotic in in this version than it was in the live action like i had a hard time following it because it was just so so like fast it was crazy and fast paced and really like cut away and i guess because that animation really lends to it especially like it lends to it lends to uh Robin uh Robin Williams's ability as a voice actor cuz he just like goes at it like just mm-hmm. full on. Uh, I read somewhere that they have about 16 hours of audio. Yeah. of Robin Williams just going buck wild. Exactly. Um they didn't even have and the way how they approach Robin Williams to, for the role cuz Robin Williams was actually he actually did not really like the idea of working for Disney. Mm. Um, he, but he felt that he wanted to do this because he wanted to become part of the whole animation process. He wanted to be like, I guess you say, uh, immortalize. I think that's the correct word I'm using. Um, in this in a Disney film, mm-hmm. and he wanted something for his kids to watch. So he said that he would sign up for it, but he would not sell anything. He's like, I don't want to be selling this shit. Like this is, I just want to do this. Yeah. And uh, before he signed the paper, before they even really approached him, the animators, they came to him and was like, we got this role. I think it'd be perfect for it. I think it was the directors. They were like, and they didn't, they showed him, I think they showed him like a concept picture of what his character would look like. And all they did was take everything that he's ever done and just splice it together. It was like, this is going to be your character. Well, they, they actually animated a special he did. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's what it was. And from As there, the genie. Yeah, and it was from there, he was like, I'm done. I, I'm in. I want that character. But then they fucked up because whatever contract he signed, mm-hmm. 
Like he didn't want any more than 25% um, of like the poster to be of the genie. Like he didn't want it to be upscaled. He didn't want them making money off the genie yeah, at all. Just, like they really, yeah. and they signed that contract and then they fucked up because they they did all of that anyways and he got angry and then there was, I think there was like, there might have been a lawsuit or something. I I'm wouldn't not doubt sure. that. I mean, you fuck with somebody's, especially a comedian like that. Um, that's going to happen. But before um, they settled on Robin Williams, there was actually a number of people that would have played Genie if he had said no. Uh, actor Albert Brooks, John Candy, Matt Fuhrer, Fuhrer, John Goodman, Steve Martin, Eddie Murphy, and Martin Short were all considered at one point to voice uh, the genie. I can picture Eddie Murphy. You know, Eddie Murphy voice, I mean, comedian, but his voice talent goes to, what, Mulan? He, he plays the dragon. Mm-hmm. Uh, he plays Donkey from Shrek. Right. Um, I could have pictured, I, I could picture see, uh, Eddie Murphy as a, as genie. I could too, but I would not have liked that version as much. <coughs> he would have been Okay. <coughs> Oh, oh, going back to what I was saying about Robin Williams getting upset, I didn't mm. see, actually, there was no lawsuit, but they tried to, like, bribe him with gifts to apologize, mm-hmm. and he didn't accept. Like, he was just like, no. And it took a while for them to finally um, get him to accept apologies. Yeah, I mean... After, like, a public, public apology. apology. Yeah. Um, I can picture maybe Steve Martin because Steve Martin can Steve, not Steve Martin now, but Steve Martin back then had that personality of being super fast and talking really. Yeah, fast he had this similar feeling of Robin right. Williams. Yeah, I mean, like if you can compare like Robin Williams to Steve Martin, like the level of energy, Steve Martin was like ten percent. Robin Williams was like a hundred. Yeah, <laughs> that could have been due to maybe because all the cocaine he used to do, you mm. know. But hey, you know, you know, do what you got to do, man. um Um, so what else oh you have to talk about the magic carpet ride because um you thought oh so like in the 2019 in the live action one yeah for me that magic carpet ride was not magical at all it was very creepy it was like you know they were skulking around in the middle of the night it was all quiet like yeah they were like pulling on to like a carpet's tassels that doubled as his arms, so they're like pulling back his arms and shit like that. Yeah, um, but I, I, I was waiting to see it because you said that you thought in the original, in the '92 version, uh-huh. that it was creepy, and I, I was waiting to find like to watch it, and I watched it, and it wasn't creepy to me. I don't know. It was just kind of really weird how, um, how like. Well, okay. Here's okay. Here's here. Here's my problem. Here, here's why I thought it was creepy. Okay, so Jasmine is talking to Aladdin, and she's trying to like feel him out, feel him out, like trying to figure out if he's genuine. So she's like, you know, oh, you know, you're attracted to my money. You know, she doesn't say the exact words, but she says of that vein of like, you're attracted to my money because I'm a princess. You want this power, blah blah blah. And he's like. You know, he's like all googly eye for her. He's just like, he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And she's like, like, no, get the fuck away from me because I know you're like everybody else. So then, 
she says something like you you just like leap off or just get out and he yeah, jump off a balcony yeah and he does and she's like freaks out but he's on carpet then comes like the whole you know come with me and see this see this wondrous land so in a way it was kind of like okay my money doesn't work but my promise of like your freedom will Maybe? That's like, what she's always wanted, though. Yeah, he's like, that's the thing. He's kind of like. But yeah, it, d- it really didn't work. Yeah, yeah, it really didn't. And then, like, I don't know, something like the way how he sings to her, like that part where he goes, um, she's like, they're going downhill, like, no, they're going down like a uh, waterfall or kind of like uh, nose diving or some shit on the, on the carpet. And he says, like, don't you dare close your eyes, which uh, yeah. is kind of <laughs> rapey sounding. Before that, they're in the desert. And they're going like, there's like, I don't know where it is, but there's like this rock formation in the desert somewhere uh-huh. where it's like, like a hole, like it's not a cave. You can go through it, uh-huh. but, um, he sings a song, part of the song. He goes over sideways and under on a magic carpet ride. Yeah. And the way he sang it sounded really dirty. Like it was like, <laughs> I don't know, like a Kama Sutra or some shit. Ooh. Well, it is, you know, Arabian, so maybe. <laughs> so dirty, dirty, creepy. Okay. Yeah. You dirty, know, and creepy. then how he's holding on to, uh, they're holding on to the tassels. It might as well be some woman's hair or some shit. Probably. Pull yeah. Pull her hair. Uh, yeah. I, it was just. That that whole carpet ride is kind of it always weirded me out growing up as a kid. Um, there is one part of the carpet ride that was actually pretty hilarious, where um, Jasmine's kind of like got the jump on him. She's like, "I know you're a let." Well, well, oh, actually, they're in China and they're sitting on top of one of their buildings uh-huh. while they're watching the fireworks and the Dragon Festival down below. Yeah, and she's like, "Oh, so." <laughs> I think Abu would have totally liked this. And he's like, oh, Abu wouldn't like this. He likes, doesn't like Squire or blah, blah, blah. So she like catches him. And she's like, well, tell me the truth. Like, what, who are you? Whatever. And then she makes his face like, I'm waiting. Uh-huh. Like, what's your, what, well, what kind yeah. of bullshit she's you're going like, to Yeah, like, so you're not Aladdin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that. What kind of bullshit you're going to feed me now, boy? Like, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and we like. And not once. But twice yes. they show her with that fucking weird face where her face is drawn too long and she's making like duck lips. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> like we, were, we, we cracked up. We had to like pause it, rewind it and like saw it like two, two or three times. It was so hilarious. Um, and oh, OK. So closer towards the end of the film, you know, Jafar's got his hand on um, the lamp. He's making his wishes and everything. And. In the 2019 version, it follows the same way, but it's a bit slower. This one's kind of like fast. Like, he, you never see him make the wish to be the sultan. And then he makes the wizard wish, and he's like, boom, he's a wizard. And he makes like this. This is why we like how Jafar is, because he really uses his magic in this movie. You know, to be the most powerful wizard in the world, he puts like Jasmine in a an hourglass. Mm-hmm. And then, come to find out, the dude just wanted to get laid. He wanted Jasmine to marry him. What's, what was wrong with that? In the animated one? Yeah, that's why he just wanted to get laid. No. It's <laughs> <laughs> it was Iago's idea. In the animated one? Yeah, it was Iago's idea. Well, I must have spaced out of that part. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Because um, he was like upset because, um, you know, they were starting to realize 
that, you know, they were having a hard time because Prince Ali came through. Mm. And so that's when they hatched the idea to get rid of uh, Prince Ali. Yeah. And um, so then that's when Yago's like, yeah, like, we'll get rid of the prince and, you know, you can marry her because you'll be worthy since they didn't find a prince because it's in the laws. So Iago's a dirty boy. Yeah. (laughs) You know, he can't be with her, so he gets to watch. Yeah. And then... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> wow i just got that visual that's totally weird especially with that that gottfried voice <laughs> they give her godfrey voice yeah Rock, give it to her Rock, yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, here let me jump in and help out anyway, um yeah and then like happens like the big snake scene which i always love that part of the movie he turns into a, a whole snake like Aladdin's trying to go on him, and and Jafar's like, boom, hit you with some magic, I'm gonna do this, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, Aladdin tries to set him on fire, and he's like, no, nigga, I'm, I'm fucking fireproof. <laughs> and then he turns into, like, a giant snake. That's That part, I absolutely love that part of the animated movie, which I wish they fucking did that in the live-action version. Well, the live-action one, it's funny how you said it took them a little bit longer to get to the point, because which is good, a good thing, because... Mm. He ended up in a in the snow, and it took him. You could tell it took him a while to get back. Yeah. And in in the ninety two version, like he just was like golfed, like he used the the scepter mm. to like hit him in the tower or whatever. Yeah, like, like like if it was a golf club or some yeah, shit. Yeah. One of the pillar like turns into like a rocket ship. It's like right oh, into yeah. the snow. Yeah. And it's like oh shit, like damn. And then he's back almost immediately because carpet. Yeah, I guess carpet, you know, flies at Mach 3, Mach 4 or whatever. Yeah. Breaks a sound barrier and boom, he's there. So uh, uh, let's um, let's give our opinion here. Uh, which <laughs> like version? <laughs> yeah. Here are, let's give our final opinion. Final opinion. Okay. Uh, one, did Aladdin, the 92 version, hold up? And two, did you like... Uh, which one did you like better? Okay. My, my nostalgia love still holds the Aladdin movie, the 92 version in high regards. It still is problematic, but of course, as I've gotten older, I'm just kind of like, oh, this is going to take it a minute, you know? Um, but I still love it. I think I can still watch it over and over again. Um, but that, uh, that, that 2019 version, it's coming up pretty close to like, competing it's, it's competing for that spot mm. because like i said just like the, the i think i think what sells it more it's those musical numbers in the 2019 version mm. the musical numbers are like really great to watch right this one is like it's not as spectacular you know they're flying over in in the 92 version they're flying over these lands and stuff but i'm just like it's a cartoon yeah you know, it's totally different when i see people like that's doing it somewhat in our reality. I know it's CGI, but it still looks pretty fucking badass. Yeah. So, but, but, if the 2019 version had a snake, it would have, it would have just dominated. I would be like, <laughs> yes, I love this one. <laughs> Fuck that cartoon. You and the fucking snake. I, it was dope. That snake part was fucking dope. And whatever. <laughs> okay, oh boy. But, what, so what's, what's your take on it? Which one, which one do you like more? I'm going to have to go with the live action. Oh, and it's funny shit. because Aladdin is like one of my top films, like mm-hmm. of Disney films. It's Beauty and the Beast takes the cake for me. Mm. Um, 
And then, you know, I like Cinderella and Aladdin and Lion King all came in such a close second. It'd be hard for me to choose. Oh, okay. Um, and now I think Aladdin just took third because the, the live really? action really. Damn. Yeah. And it just felt old. Like the film just felt old. Yeah, it did feel old. Um, I really can't wait to hear your take on that Lion King movie, though, when it comes out. The, um, the newer version. Yeah. I'm really interested to hear your take on that. <laughs> oh, I think I'm going to fucking love that one. <laughs> I mean, Donald Glover. Yeah. <laughs> all right, plus like Beyonce and all the other people coming back. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so you like the 2019 version because um, you're superficial. Oh, my God. It's not that. <laughs> no, totally messing. Um, and I'm more. I'm still leaning more to the 92 version. Yeah, and so. I'm right and you're wrong. All right. <laughs> and that concludes our uh, our episode for today. Yeah. Um, if you guys want to reach out to us, uh, our email, as I mentioned earlier, is the real, uh, no A to ease, uh, the real appeal at gmail.com. Uh, you can contact us on Twitter, which is appeal real, uh, real spelled out the same way. R E E A R R E E L. Sorry. <laughs> or our Facebook page, which is a real appeal at Facebook. Um, yeah. Hit us on Twitter, Facebook, email us, uh, like our, our good old buddy Simon did. Mm. Um, we'll most likely be doing a segment like that maybe later on in the future. Yep. And, uh, our next film, have we talked about what our next film's going to be? Uh, what are we going to do, Godzilla? Yeah, our next film we're going to view is the uh, recent, I'm sorry, the uh, Godzilla King of All Monsters uh, movie that's coming out, I think, on Friday. Uh, this coming Friday. And the geriatric review, geriatric cinematic review that we're going to do is, uh, we might actually be doing Gojira, the, yeah. the movie that started it all. And see if that holds up. Yeah, we haven't decided which geriatric we're gonna do, but yeah. might be leaning. More but it might be that. Yeah, it might be leaning more towards that. Someone not turn off their phone. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that's it for tonight, right? Yep, that's it. All right. Bye. Bye.